Hello, and welcome to the Plus Up podcast brought to you by Media Plus Advisors. I'm Carly Feinstein, one of the partners at Media Plus Advisors. I'm joined today by my fellow partners, Susan George and Perianne Grignan. At Media Plus Advisors, our mission is to help clients solve complex media issues as a full service advisory. We started Media Plus Advisors because we believe that media performance and partner relationships can be improved with a fresh approach built to focus on what works for the demands of today's media ecosystem. Today, we are excited to have another guest on our podcast, whom Perianne is going to introduce. I am so excited today to welcome Mark Goldberg to the Plus Up podcast. Um, Mark, you know, we know you're the Chief Revenue Officer at Method Media Intelligence, and you can tell us if you always say it like that or if you just refer to it as MMI. Um, and, you know, we met in kind of like, I don't know, like the middle ages of digital um, in that office in the village somewhere or wherever that was in Chelsea when you were at about. Um, and, you know, I want you to talk about, you know, your journey, like how you got where you are today. Um, and then, of course, I'll tack on the big news uh, that came out yesterday about your company where you've got um, looks like a dual accreditation from the MRC, which is the Media Ratings Council. And uh, that's no slouch. That's that's a big deal. So I'm going to you know, turn it over to you, say hello, and introduce yourself, and tell us what's new. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited. Uh, I would say, uh, Perry Ann, we did meet in the middle, middle, middle ages, I guess that's called. Um, so I started on the agency side first. I started at J. Walter Thompson. Uh, then I went over to Zenith Media, and I was enjoying agency life. And then uh, around 2000, the, the the internet money started to really flow. And I was like, wait a minute, I could be a millionaire? So, uh, you know, you jump over, you make a bet. Uh, that bet was uh, unsuccessful. Um, I did, although, enjoy my time. And Perry, and you'll probably remember him, uh, Richie Glassberg, still a good friend of mine. He was at Phase 2 Media. Um, and then, you know, a couple other, uh, one other stop. And then I ended up at about.com in a division called Sprinks. Sprinks was the pay-per-click engine that Google eventually bought. So there are 52 people on the team, 50 people got an opportunity to interview at Google. Some ended up there. I was kept at about.com and I say kept in a nice way, but it really was like, again, had more money than I currently have if I went to Google at that time. Um, and I grew up at about. And I met you and I understood and started to understand how programmatic work. Uh, we ended up, instead of having every single salesperson have an ad network under their domain, we put it all under me. And then we started to explore exchanges. I started to realize that ad networks were doing some malicious things like, hey, you can't run JP Morgan Chase right now because we have a direct deal. And then they would say, okay, sure. And they turn it off. And then at eight o'clock at night, they put it back on when no one was watching. So you start to understand there was some underbelly activities going on back then. Um, I'll fast forward and then go back, back to about because there's some relevancy. So um, after about, I, I was CEO of a small health startup, general manager of How Stuff Works, a CEO of another brand safety company, uh, Trust Metrics, and now I'm at MMI, which is in the verification brand safety space, and I can talk more about them. But let's go back to about and why I'm kind of at MMI. Um, I was sitting in my office and a very big advertiser of ours has a huge sponsorship and the advertise the the salesperson comes running in my desk what is this and it's a big printout of our page and she was showing me that there were four ads on the page and all of them should have been disney and i said well we only have three ads on the page what's that one and it turns out it was an ad injector which was something that a ad plugin would do and serve an ad on a publisher page i research it 
<clears throat> turns out this company has been fighting with Facebook and we're serving billions of impressions there and billions of impressions on very big publishers like ESPN, New York Times. We are a New York Times company. I brought it to our head of legal. We started looking into it and the next thing you know, they're gone and apparently billions of impressions went away that day. Uh, this was some level of ad fraud, right? And so uh, back then ad fraud was kind of very very early stages, I yelled at uh, Randall uh, at IAB, and he put me in charge with a touch with a lot of people. And I think right now, uh, a lot of folks at IAB are really focused on ad fraud, tag a lot of the different groups because of a lot of the yelling that was done early on. Um, has ad fraud gone away? No. And will it ever go away? No. But there are just ways you manage it and, and uh, monitor your life. So, you know, I've been very passionate about this stuff. Um, invalid traffic is a cause for a lot of campaigns to be just essentially stolen. Uh, a lot of your your money is being invested and not being not going to the right places. So when when you think about where I am now, I'm in a company called Method Media Intelligence, and again, we just got our MRC accreditation, and we're super thrilled about that. Um, we are in the verification space. We are looking at invalid traffic looking for viewability, helping with viewability and brand safety and suitability. We're in the same space as Double Verify, IAS, and Moat. Our advantage has been we came in later. And our advantage is we had an opportunity to really think about what were their problems that advertisers were trying to solve. And those problems listed, no particular order, are, you know, understanding full transparency, 100% of the billable events. So we manage, we, we look at 100% of the inventory rather than sample. We uh, we look at the data and the data interoperability of it, everything. So we want to make sure you can have access to that data and retain that data because you can use this data for a long time. You don't need it just for seven days. There are a lot of little things that we've learned from an implementation standpoint. We're just a tag in the, a tag in the ad server rather than wrapping tags. Each individual tag, that's laborious work that takes hours of ad operations time. We've been able to help make it more efficient for big brands. We're no cookies, no PII. Right. That's one of the, the draws is in the future. We're future proof at this point where you think that that a lot of the other vendors are going to have some problems as it relates to cookies and PII moving forward. Um, but all of this at the end of the day is just putting us in a category that we actually don't want to be in. We don't want to be just the, thought of as a verification vendor. We think we, we can use this data and help you plan, benchmark and do intelligence supply path optimizations all while managing, you know, your, your budget's better. We don't want you to ask for a make good 15 days later. We want you to use that money. Um, let me say it a little differently. Uh, we want you to spend the money you intended to spend. You, you don't, as an advertiser, want to get a make good at the end of the year like, wait a minute, what am I going to do with this? You intended to spend it on humans. Let's go. You intended it to be viewable. Let's go. And so it really goes back to we are trying to help the advertiser. And that's our primary focus, and we've learned and, and have been very, very close to agencies. Um, we work with both the buy sides, uh, agencies, and advertisers, and we think those are the two that will make a difference. Obviously, the buyers uh, at the client side make the biggest difference because it's their money. Um, but agencies are, are, are really, really been great lately learning that the supply path optimizations are the way that they can actually help and improve their clients' dollars to work. Lot, that was a lot. Let me just add one more thing around MRC. Um, we are super thrilled. Um, it really does put us in the conversation. A, a lot of agencies and advertisers were saying, you're, you're interesting. We like you, but, but, but 
but really uh, you don't have an accreditation. Um, this starts a different conversation for us. And uh, it's about time something good happened. I mean, 2020 was very long, including December 37th, I say. Um, <laughs> you, you know, uh, 2021 is, is, is very exciting for MMI, which is, yes, we do call it MMI. Um, but you know, 2020 was hard, and I, I can imagine everyone on this listening to the podcast and on this podcast would agree. Uh, but it gave MMI time to really, really rethink a lot of what we were doing. Um, we thought we were the smartest people in the room and then realized uh, we, we might be, but no one wants us in the room. No one wants to hear from another vendor right now when potential jobs are being lost and spend is going away. And we reflected. We thought a lot about what else can people be doing with this data? How can we improve, you know, the media buyer's life? And we went back to the drawing board and we came up with a lot of little things like the SBO. And uh, our reporting dashboard next year is going to be sweet. I can't tell you that's, more. That's great. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, 2021 has been definitely a little dicey so far. So congratulations on that nice way to us. Uh, days, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Only 12 days in. A little dicey. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, as we kind of start to get into this, I, you know, we like to provide marketers and agencies with, a, you know, a good, useful set of questions to ask when they're considering an initiative. So, you know, as it relates to what MMI calls the order of operations, let's start with billing transparency. What does every advertiser need to know to be able to track billing? And what is the agency's role in this? Yeah, I mean, the transparency word is something that really came into the conversation a couple of years ago with the ubiquity report and people thought all the dollars were being hidden um I, I you know there there may have been some malicious activities around agencies and advertiser relationships and you can dig into whatever you want to dig into there however some of it's just the technology's broken and you're not getting a clear picture uh the isba study recently um, from with PwC, uh, we're we're actually going to be doing a, a study as well, and in, in this quarter, I can't tell you more. If I do, then we have to stop the podcast. But um, one of the big problems with any of these studies is you need the common identifiers on both sides, the buy side and the sell side, and that hasn't really been done because not a lot of people, not a lot of people can do it. Um, that's one of the benefits of what we do. And we're very excited uh, in this upcoming study because I think we're going to be able to paint a clearer picture. So uh, from a transparency standpoint, you have that ugliness around, you know, being malicious. And then just the other part of transparency is just being, I don't want to say incompetent, but just having the lack of tools to to be transparent. That's really interesting. And, you know, it's uh, what else is interesting about something you said earlier about 2020 being a, a big year for reflection, we're hearing from so many clients that just everything was uprooted and changed and there's probably more and more money going to digital where this this need is going to even increase. So good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I was going to say 2020 budgets, uh, if you were in a certain vertical, were gone. In other verticals, they were growing, and the 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 choice was digital. The two areas we started to see a lot more pickup were OTT CTV, as well as the apps and the app ecosystem. If you're a delivery partner like a QSR um, or a uh, grocery store, you want to be able to connect with different people via that app. And both of those ecos ecosystems are just 
let's just use a good word. Let me think about this podcast word. Fraught um, with fraught, fraught with fraud. fraud. Yes, very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, and so, you know, that that's what scared me as we were watching people move to different channels, not knowing that there are are there's a lot of impact to their business if they're not paying attention. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that that we're the smartest people in the room at MMI, although uh, we, we do know a lot of stuff. Uh, we, we would say that, you know, there are just different ways to think about ad fraud viewability and brand safety and what you've been sold and told by other vendors may or may not be accurate. And so what we want to make sure people do know is hear from different voices. And I think, you know, giving you guys and other other consultants coming in, giving a different angle and different part of the conversation is super important. You know, uh, IPG was just selected for T-Mobile and that was IDCOMs helping them understand the moving parts of everything. Everyone needs to hear and see a different angle of how this world works. And I, I think, you know, just hearing the same voices is, is not good. And, 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 and so that's, I agree. And, and, you know, in 20 back to 2020 for a second, so many marketers were just kind of flying by the seat of their pants and, and, and acting in desperation in a way. And that's when this oversight is probably needed more than ever, but I'm going to go uh, to my, to my next question which is this, if I know what I'm paying for, because before we were talking about billable events, how do I know that the traffic is real and human? Yep, so uh, again, you, you start with the billable events, right? So you have to know where the auction, is it one, is it uh, the ads rendered? But then you have to understand in the order, you need to know if it's human or not, and invalid, or is it a, is a real machine or is it human behind that machine? And this is such a stupid conversation in 2021 to have is, are you serving to humans? But like, that's where we are, right? I mean, go back to the the promise of when I was at J. Walter Thompson, I was worried that someone was going to walk away from the TV for a second and not see my ad. Then we get this internet promise of unwired.com that that ad was above the fold right there. And that user saw one ad and another user saw another ad and all those ads were relevant to those users. Great promise. And then you introduce the non-humans. And so all these promises have been broken. Um, you need to be looking at invalid traffic, whether it is at the uh, the DSP pre-bid level, um, which we don't recommend because there's a lot of flaws there, or post-bid, which is where we play. Uh, either way, you need to protect yourself. And I, I will say repeatedly, it's not just one vendor. It's not just one tactic. Uh, you can look at this from different angles. And if you want to protect yourself uh, and, and really make sure that you're running a good campaign, there are lots of little things you can be doing, whether it's looking at your reports, looking at the log files, making sure things are matching, you know, that's where we think we have an added value in that we're giving you 100% of the log files. You can see what's working, what's not working and make those adjustments. You know, we love that because we've always believed that almost like triangulating on a problem is super important. So no matter what you're measuring, if you're just looking at one data point, you're probably missing a lot of stuff. And I think that it's a very mature kind of attitude to say, let's look at this in different ways um, and be creative and innovative about it. So if we're, if we're now saying, okay, you're, you're looking at it um, in a post log file um, environment 
and you said, oh, I've got humans, right? So now let's get back to almost like your J. Walter Thompson days. You know, is someone seeing it? Is it visible? And because to have an impact on brands, I've got to get, you know, visibility. Yeah, that, that was the aha moment back at the IAB where um, they started realizing more and more people were putting more and more ads on the page because there were more opportunities to make money via these exchanges and networks. And then they started realizing there's 15 ads below the fold all serving you know, American Express ads because the, the that user had gone to American Express and saw the same cookie from a retargeting company. Um, viewability ha- became very important. And uh, again, like scratching your head, uh, duh. Um, but part of this is, you know, a lot of people also were cookie bombing and cookie stealing and trying to trick attribution. And so they were buying wherever they could buy. And if you are a marketer that has a very soft KPI, and I would say the CPGs of the world, viewability is a metric often chased. And if they're not paying attention, they could be losing even more money. And we like to say it's, it's you know, a measurement, not not a goal. Like you don't you don't want to say I want 100% viewable because if you do sometimes you run on the worst sites on the internet, right? Because that I don't want to throw a uh, let me think of a good domain. So let's just say there's a poker site that has very good uh, viewability because they're above the fold. Well, a lot of poker sites are not really sites that advertisers want to be on because it's gambling. Um, so you know you don't want to chase viewability. And again, going back to the operations. You want to make sure you're running on good sites and and sites that are seeing humans. Then you want to make sure those sites are seen and and, and by by those humans in a good context, right? And that's where the third operation is. So it's good that you you know talked about context there with the gambling site. So we know that ad environment and adjacencies really do matter to brands, and we've worked with some clients that are incredibly focused on this. So. What's your take on context and environment driving a positive impact on brands? So I I think, you know, we all started when um, TV channels had different shows and I kept referring back to the Jerry Springer's of the world. Um, People were like, I don't want to run on Jerry Springer. Then more and more people would not run on Jerry Springer. But then, and this is a great example of what I experienced. I was at Zenith Media for Lexus, and I had to go down to a Lexus meeting in Baltimore, and the media buyer for this local dealer said, we're running on, and I can't remember the station, but it was the affiliate that had Springer, and he was running from 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and he was buying it cheaper than I was, he said. I was like, well, you're including Springer in there, and you're probably running on Springer. That's really not Lexus, is it? And he, uh, um, I, uh, sure. But then I said, but that that Springer rating is really high. I mean, we can't neglect that they're watching it. However, that's skewing all the rest of those day parts and making your numbers higher than you think they really are. So they're using that to get you to buy everything else. And that's very similar to the Fox phenomenon, you know, nine, you know, the eight to 11, they say things to get ratings and they get them, but it really brings up the rest of their day parts. And so your, your brand safety, and that's what we more or less are now calling it, uh is 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 partly around hate porn gambling guns but then there's this other side where it's suitability and suitability is very specific to your brand and we have to make sure we understand those safety is at the 
I like to say is almost a non-starter. You should not have a porn site in your in your list, right? You you got to be very careful about the safety aspect. The suitability is the stuff that's putting a lot of subjectivity and questions to the marketplace. The execution, which is a bigger problem, also lends a lot of noise to the marketplace. A keyword block, and that's what a lot of these guys are doing pre-bid, um, is potentially damaging to news sites. That's what a lot of people in the marketplace say because they're not getting the opportunity to see that ad. And I would I would probably agree with that in a pre-bid scenario. But what the problem in pre-bid is 40 percent of uh, all uh, URLs. And so this is a little in the weeds, and I apologize. But if you think about the DSP is looking at the URL, they're seeing a very big URL, but they actually only see a little bit of the URL, meaning New York Times, Stephen Curry is really good at shooting, and he shot someone last night. They would only see Stephen Curry and it would pass and they would win the auction and all of a sudden your ad would run there. But if you had another vendor that's protecting you on that page, they would see the word shooting and they would block you. When you were – let's rewind back to early COVID. COVID was a very big block word. People were seeing blue clouds from Double Verify. That's the default all over the place. And what that meant was Double Verify was blocking because the word COVID came on. But if you saw the blue ad, that means the auction was won. If the auction was won, guess who got paid? The publisher. Guess who paid them? The brand. And so what we do is we talk a lot about monitoring your keywords and monitoring keywords to pay attention to the trends. If you have to block, block. But it's more about monitoring, more about understanding what's going on in the world because if there is a concern, you want to make sure that you're ahead of it as it relates to suitability. But what we also like to do, since we have the full data and full URL, give you counts on different things so you can understand what's going on. The couple examples I give, Ariana Grande is one. Um, Manchester a couple years ago, if you have uh, – and I'm telling everyone on the phone, on, on, the, on the podcast, if you have a block list, check it because Ariana Grande is not – what it should be now anymore. She's actually a Grammy winner with Lady Gaga this year and her traffic spiked. And all of a sudden people are blocking Ariana Grande for no reason this year. And so our data gives you ability to continue to on go look at and see what words are happening and not happening and being able to update your keyword list. So brand safety, brand suitability, very important. It's a contact sport. I think it's not people treat it as a, a set it and forget it. And it's and it's not that way. You need to be on top of it. You need to manage it. If you're and it goes back to the billable events. If you're buying an auctions one, you won that auction and you're paying for it. And then then you're going to block it if you're so. So you have to think about the math involved. And that's where advertisers who are just swinging in every keyword to block it. They're spending a lot of money to not be on the Internet. I think it's as you were talking, I those words came into my mind, set it and forget it. And we, it, it's so important to reiterate that. Um, we, we've we been talking about that a lot as it relates to just any KPI setting or, or really anything these days. Everything is moving so quickly. You can't, you just can't anymore. And, so, and so, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say the set it and forget it, unfortunately, is always blamed on the agency. It's, it shouldn't be a, the burden of just one person. 
and you have a CMO at the top level giving guidance around what's important, what's not, then you have other folks on the team that should be really communicating that and then working with their agency. And so if agency is driving the keyword list, then you may be sitting on an old stale list, but it's in, it's a pro it's it's a proactive world. You have to be interactive with your agencies. Agencies are are your friend if you're a brand, make them your friend. Make sure that you're a friend. And if you're not paying them for resources, well then you're not going to get what you actually need to do to be successful. Yep, we do. We say that all the time. You get what you pay for, and that's not yep. always a, a, a positive thing. But um, but and we also say exactly what you said, which is agencies and marketers should be friends, partners, shared goals. Exactly. So okay, we've covered context, viewability, traffic, and billing. How does all of this roll up together to form return on investment for brands? So, I mean, there are many different ways you can look at a KPI. Again, I said soft KPIs for um, some CPGs, and you can see actually a lead form. You can see a sale. Um, if you know that end metric, you then can reverse back into it. And again, how MMI uses all the data, you will be able to see if you had a click, you know the click tracker, right? You know the click came from somewhere in your campaigns from that banner that was served. If you know that click turned to conversion, you now know that was successful. So work backwards. And so what we, we like to say is you know the conversion data, you know where it came from, we can help show you how it got there. And we can show you if it came from Yahoo, New York Times, ESPN, we can show you if it was a $10 CPM or $1 CPM, it was a banner, uh, a top banner or bottom banner, was it viewable. But then we can also show you if some of these clicks are happening from non-humans because that's also a problem. And so, you know, the ROI measurement is just all these things together uh, really tell the whole story is you just have to, it's like a math equation. The order operations is a math equation. If you, if you know what your billable event is and you start really understanding the humans, then figuring out those humans were showed ads and it's in an environment that's not going to get you in trouble and have a negative reaction, then there's a math equation right there. And, and, and we really feel strongly that if more marketers were starting to think this way, they would be better and continue to be uh, improve their media process. And I, I think that's just kind of what everyone needs to do is we, we either give an agency a lot of money and say, hey, go do it. Or um, we say we want to bring it in house and then try to figure out how to staff it. Like it's not just as easy as those two things. You have a lot of missing parts here and it all starts to come together once you have all the data. You know, I, uh, I get the last question, but you know what? I want to jump in here and cover something that's a little bit broad. When, when you're working with an agency or say you just, you know, got picked up a new, you know, a new account, a new assignment or relationship, how much training and education do you provide to those teams to make them successful? Because it's, you know, we're talking about uh, a real combination of, um, you know, quantitative, qualitative, soft, hard, you know, it, it, it has to come together in some different ways. And just being aware of current events, like the Ariana Grande example is such a good one. You know, how is your team set up to help the hands-on keyboard people be successful? So it's interesting. We have gone on the approach of, of data interoperability and um, really uh, a DevOps approach of just making all this accessible so that you can do it yourselves. 
And that's a very interesting conversation to have with an agency that they can take it, push it into their visualization tool of choice and do the work. What we started to realize is we have to show them a lot of this. So it's not just a, you know, this huge data lake. We have to actually have to help them get to the water. And really, that's our 2021 kind of aha moment in dashboards is we're creating these actual questions in our dashboard that a CMO can read and know the answer click and everything's the query's already built and designed. It's a beautiful world. We're super excited about this, but it really comes down to making someone's job easier. And that's what I don't think we were doing in 2020. We were just making sure they understood that the data was available. And so to your point, we are doing a lot more education. And the last half of the year was a lot about education and really getting our ducks in a row to help people get their ducks in a row. We, we run into, um, if I go and I'll give you another example is we have a very big client we've been talking to. They have an agency. The agency was like, we have this vendor. We don't need you. Okay. The client really wanted to learn about us and test us. And we offered them a free test. The free test showed that the other vendor wasn't catching, let's just say um, a little over 5%, but I'm not going to get into weeds, which is a lot. If you have more than 5% IVT and you do a math on a $10 CPM and 100 million impressions, that's a lot. It's money. And so that test starts to show this agency that there is some stuff going on here that, uh-oh, uh, our other vendor is not catching, but we're happy with that other vendor, so do we look bad? And I felt like I had to talk to the agency and say, listen, this is not on you. You've been sold and told what this vendor's been able to do and the capabilities they have. All of the vendors in the space, with the exception of us, don't measure 100%. That's the story. We're measuring 100%. We're seeing what they don't see. That's where you're finding more and more invalid traffic. And if and, and they started to realize, okay, now we feel better because they felt that they were being attacked. They've chosen a vendor for their brand, and that's on them. And the reality is, sure, it's on them if they want it to be. But reality is it's it's not on them because the vendor is not doing and, and some of the other vendors are not doing 100 percent. We're the only one doing 100 percent. So I can say with confidence, like I'm very confident in what we put, put out as a product and, and the solution. Um, they they as an agency now are really leaning in and, and, and now it's a combination of we work with them and the client and we can now pipe a visual all the data into their visualization tools of choice which is how everyone should be is now the client sees what the agency sees which everyone now can be on the same page in transparency yeah the hundred percent thing reminds me of wasn't there a movie about an asteroid is coming towards Earth and someone says, well, didn't you see it? And the scientist says, well, we only look at 2% of the sky. You know, like you have to be looking at it and to understand what, what the problem is. Um, Mark, you know, to wrap up, you know, is there anything else that you'd want our Plus Up podcast listeners to know that we didn't ask? Is there something else that you're just burning to to talk about? Uh, I wouldn't say burning. I mean, uh, I, I did enjoy Cobra Kai, but I mean, I don't think I'm burning to talk about Cobra Kai, but uh, no, I, I would say there's, uh, th this is fun. Um, I enjoy this. I think, uh, you know, the format is, is a great one. I think podcasts are very, very important these days as we need more and more things to listen to that are not news. And this is an informative one. And, and I think the takeaway for, for your users, listeners, um, is, you know, it's about asking questions. 
And if you don't know the right questions to ask, you know, need to know who to help you to get those questions asked. And and this is a, I would say, a moment in time where everyone needs to start thinking like things are going to change. Um, you know, we we came out of 2020. We're going to be okay for a little bit, but not yet. 2021 is going to be still a little bit of a harder year, even though it's going to be better than 20 because nothing can you can't get better worse than that. Um, but I think 2022 is really going to be a very big year for digital advertising. And so this is the year where I think you have to really help with the reset button and figure out what your next steps are going to be, because you, you've seen how consumers are changing. They're going to continue to evolve and you need to be addressing that in your media spend. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark. And again, congratulations on your MRC accreditation. That's huge. Uh, good start to 2021 for you. And I think you really gave our listeners a lot to really think about in process and some good information. So we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And uh, any of the listeners, if they want a free test, uh, just reference Media Plus on the uh, LinkedIn invite. I accept them. But uh, if you guys want a free test, let me know and uh, happy to to help awesome well thank you that's great so thank you everyone and uh thank you everyone for listening